following our encounter with the sea monster we kept extra guards at all time, but it seemed like the ocean's monsters had decided that we were not to be messed with. The truth of course, was one where the men on board was unable to sleep and many kept crying into the night and when they finally fell asleep they were screaming for their moms in their sleep. Even Captain Bloodspatter kept to himself in his quarters, he didn't step out on deck until one morning the guardsman yelled out, Lend ahoy! And we all celebrated with the most extravagant breakfast the goddess had ever presented. After months at sea, we were ready to spend a few days ashore and to refill our pantry with the freshest produce we could find. The land was called Japan. And they spoke a language th. And none of us could comprehend as much as we tried. But food and all sort of tools and silk was brought to us at the quay, it was so cheap that Blake didn't even bother to barter. No point anyway, since we probably would rob the town before leaving. I felt land sick for days. And the locals' food didn't make me feel any better. It was gross at best. I was all for using the ocean's sacred ingredients, but this was something else. The third day I was able to track down a cow, I showed it to Simon and we decided to buy it together and present it as a gift for the crew. The goddess squealed with happiness as she grilled the entire thing over a burning pile of wood taken out from the ship to be replaced by Japanese workmen. We stayed for almost a week, the last night we plundered the village which proved to be quite more profitable than expected. Who knew these poor fishermen had so many valuables? By the time we sailed away the black rock was dipping a half finger deeper in the water. It took a while before we understood that Japan was an island, but after having made a circle around it we finally kept heading west. Of course with our ship filled to the brim with all sort of strange fruit and food none of us had ever seen before. This of course might be part of the reason to why the entire crew got the shitters halfway across to the mainland. The worn crew took their time to get well as Captain Bloodspatter ordered us to anchor outside a small sandy island. There were coves and palm trees with coconuts. The entire crew acted like kids on vacation until the captain one day told us the truth about why we had come to this place. In Japan he had gotten hold of a map, it was hidden between the treasures we had stolen in our first raid in Japan. A map showing the way to a treasure belonging to a Japanese pirate called Captain Rawfish, now long dead, having suffered major depression. The map painted the way to where he and his crew buried his treasure before returning to Japan on their last voyage. At first Bloodspatter had thought that the treasure must have been located around Japan, but when he finally realized we were on an island he had matched it up to the waters we were now sailing. Next morning we lined up and followed Captain Bloodspatter into the jungle. It was a warm and sunny day, like most days at this latitude, and the crew was excited about this new turn of events. If Captain Ruffish's treasure was anything like what we had back in the Black Rock we were in for a treat. Two long hours walk into the jungle the captain raised his hand to make us stop. We were already tired from the walk but raised our heads at this sudden stop. In front of us hovered a huge rock, shaped like a skull with eyes and everything. The mouth of the skull, half buried in the sand proved to be the entrance to a cave. It was a fairly small cave, but blood spatter ordered us to start digging and sure enough, not long after we struck gold. The treasure was huge. Our biggest haul so far. It took our men two days to carry everything back to the black rock. By the time we had finished the treasure chamber was starting to fill up. Only halfway around the globe we were in need of more space by the end of our journey. To do this we headed for the city of Singapore where had heard that treasures could be exchanged, making our low-quality treasures to more high-end treasures. Singapore was even at this time a fairly large place. Not wanting to come forward as pirates we dressed as merchants. A smart move in these areas, since the local people didn't really care for people like us. But with a mostly northern crew we had no trouble passing for long-way sailors looking to build connections for our trading company, Bloodspatter Trading. We only stayed for a couple of days as we had no chance up against the huge fleet of the Singaporean Coast Guard. 
Instead we kept sailing and robbed every small village and harbor we could find on our way as usual. As good as these times were, it was good to do some pillaging before we kept sailing west. Little did we know that we had already come a long way to circumnavigate the entire planet but we were also about to be put under the curse that have had us left alive for the past four decades. Well, some of us that is. (laughs) 